Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bloom. It's a special edition. It's a very special edition because Everton look like they might have signed a capable centre forward. It is a big day. It's been a long time coming. Joining me to talk all about it, I've got Dave Downey with me as well. And also from the brilliant Science Football podcast is Nima, who's hopefully going to tell us all about Beto and how he's going to bang the goals in. Nima, thanks very much for coming on. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good to be with you. Yeah, we were just saying it's um, it's very nice to, to have someone who might do some goals for us because it's been, it's, been <laughs> it's been quite a while. But um, before we get into speaking about Beto as, as a footballer and his time at Udinese, Nima, you on the, the on your podcast got to speak to him very recently. Um, it's yeah. a fascinating, fascinating interview. Um, he come across as, as very humble, very very charismatic, very engaging. Um, is, is that the impression you got from him when you, you spoke to him? I'd say exactly that. Very, very humble, very down to earth, very charismatic, funny, relaxed guy, just, you know, wants to do well. Um, um wants to do well, is 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 a you know, works hard for the team and so on and so forth. Um, like very, very, very down to earth, you know, his you know, the way he talks about his background, the way he views football, the way he looks at the team and 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 as we you know as you guys listen to if you've heard the interview he's he just comes across as a very very relaxed and not at all like a modern footballer you know these who, who are all a little bit celebrity celebrity ish uh pop star ish character but he was nothing like that hmm. I mean, you spoke about i don't want to give it away too much because i mean we'll put the the link to the interview you guys did in the description of this podcast if anyone wants to listen to it but you mentioned his, his background there and how interesting and how unorthodox it is for for a footballer could you just give our listeners some kind of insight into his journey from uh, the start of his career up until where he is now a, a 25 million pound footballer um well i mean he does come from a very simple background in in, in portugal doesn't he um and he you know he worked in kfc talks about he mentions how he, he when he worked at kfc and and you know what which what his favorite food there was and what kind of work he did and you know he's he's not you know that's that's you know he, uh, it was it was very much like that you know he's gone the hard you know the, the long way around to reach where he is now and and that's the premier league so yeah, no, it's I can really recommend it, and thank you for for kind words about that. But yeah, it was one of those more enjoyable interviews I've done in my life, in my career as a journalist, and and because he was he was so relaxed, and and that obviously helps you as a journalist to relax as well. Yeah, I mean, going into what he's like as a player, Nima. I mean, I think you take it with a pinch of, a pinch of salt when you watch um, highlight videos on YouTube, and it, it shows you the best of of a player and things like that. Um, more of a physical stance that I was looking at. Um, he's he's very tall, but also I, I didn't expect him to be as quick as he is. Is, is he's that, fast? Is that he's I was going to say is that going a bit too far to say he's fast? And it looked like he drops off um, to either side of the flank as well, and, and likes to receive the ball and, and drive at people. 
No, no, he's 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 uh he's uh he's he's fast. There's no doubt about that. Um, he, he he's his acceleration is is is. I mean, that's one of his best traits, isn't it? Um, in, as a footballer, uh, he's he's a very he's a very he's he's very quick. Uh, his acceleration, his link, you know, his physical presence, um, all of those things that you mentioned, those are his traits. Um. Definitely. If I were to say weaknesses, it is the first touch, but which is not very good, um, as we've seen. Uh, you know, I'd say I'd say it's worse than Lukaku's. Um uh in terms of, you know, people make fun of Romelu Lukaku for his for his his first touch, but uh, I, I don't think that I don't think his first touch is that bad. But I would say Beto's is is slightly worse than than than, than Lukaku's mm. is. Um but um, no, no, I'd say he definitely his speed is 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 definitely one of those defining features of his game, and attacking the space, and and of course he's a big guy as well. Yeah, that was the second thing I was going to ask about about his height because um, it's Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, you know the, the the pressure's been on him at Everton for well several years now, given the fact we didn't have an out and out striker who was able to either play next to him or cover him when he was out injured now. I think many Evertonians, to speak to many of our listeners, would say, you know, it, it's probably unfair to say it this way, but a lot of people become fed up with him given the fact that he's always out with injury or he's out with injury very, very often. Um, with with Beto coming in, um, we we try to play, and I think Matt would probably agree with this, that Calvert-Lewin, his aerial presence is important for us. Um, what's he like in the air, uh, Beto? Because it, it's not always a given that a tall player is particularly good in the air. And and like I say, having watched the, the footage of him, it, it's like he, he loves to get his head on the ball as well when it comes in. No, he's he's it's I wouldn't say he's world class by any stretch of the imagination aerially, but he is good in the air. Um I would definitely say that he's good in the air. And I think there's room for improvement there um as well. Um and if I remember correctly, I mean we did the interview, I think it's almost six, seven, eight months ago now. I can't remember exactly. But um I think he speaks about like how he wants to capitalize more on his strength being mm. a big guy and, and and he wants to improve more on that uh, aerially. Um in terms of the style that Udinese played, Nima that's got the, the best out of him over the, the past couple of years. Um what what type of football are they? Do they use as like a, a standard blueprint? Because I haven't watched a lot of his goals and the highlights. It seems as though a lot of it is attacking the space he's had there. It's, yeah, it's you yeah, know him yeah. running in behind. You know, are they very much a, a counter attacking side that that will soak up pressure and then and then spring forward in in direct play? Because you know Everton aren't necessarily quite like that, but they are a team that are going to try and soak up pressure and then and then go direct. Um, is that sort of the way in which Udinese play? Well, I mean, they've they've had a few change. They've had quite a few coaches. Uh, I mean, it's it's been you know they've changed uh, a bit um, through you know now they've got Sotil, who is is very highly rated, um, and 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 by myself as well because I think he's a he's a he's a great coach. Um, he's, he's a young you know he's one of these up and coming young coaches who they believe a lot. Uh, in 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 Italian football, um, so you know it's um, I wouldn't they they do they've had to obviously because being Udinese they've obviously had to adapt of course uh, and so they have to you know they can't just they don't have the 
the the the quality in the squad to be this kind of you know possession based attacking uh, side. So they they've been very pragmatic. But I would say I, w- I think it would be unfair to call them a counter attacking side strictly because of the talent that they have. Um, you know. Deolofeo is, is is a very technical player. Now he's injured, of course. Lazar Samarzic is 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 a, is a very technical player. Um, you know, they, they they can keep the ball in the team and so on and so forth. So I think it would be unfair to call them a counter-attacking side. But then again, they are a side that that does maintain uh, that that has you know that knows how to defend and attack and 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 be counter-attacking. But they also know how to, you know, control a game as well. And just before I throw it back over to Dave, in in terms of the Udinese fans, what's their reaction being to this? Because I think a lot of the time when you sign a play, you immediately go to, you know, the the Twitter accounts and the the, the forums of the opposition supporters. How are Udinese fans reflecting on this? Is is he a player that they're really desperately sad to lose, or are they seeing it as an opportunity to? To invest what is quite a handsome transfer fee. Look, they they know. Look, the Pozzo family are very honest about how they run Udinese and, and all their other clubs. Um, they they're in it for the money, and they've done it for what is it 20, 30 years now. Um, so they're used to, you know, Udinese finding talent, developing him, and selling them on for a profit. That that's just what they do. Um, so Udinese fans are used to that. Um, you know, from how how far back do you want to go? I mean, since they took over, it's been everyone from Oliver Bierhoff made it at Udinese to uh, Alexis Sanchez broke through at Udinese and now, you know, to, to Beto. That's that's just the business model of the Pozzo family. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they, they don't get too attached. I mean, it's it's very rare that someone does what Antonio, Antonio Di Natale did and decided to, you know, stay there and turn down all the extra money and wanted to stay there and and and, you know, you know, because his family was happy there, and he was rooted in the community, and all that. That's that's very very rare, and that happens. Um, but no, it's uh, they're you know he's 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 a player they've they've really enjoyed watching. He's he's done good well. He's done well one well for them, and of course, you know there is this, there is some small element of sadness, but at the same time they're used to it. I mean, it's mm. it's not a big you know it's part it's part of the reality of of, of the modern game today. I mean, there's a. It's a lot of eggs into one basket for us financially, which is sort of the main story we're used to now over the last few years with Farhad Mashiri. That fee on our side of it, um, and you've you mentioned there that it's it's typical to Udinese to do that sort of thing. Um, on our side of the the field with this, a thirty million pound fee, um, and like I said, it's a, it's a huge fee for us, given that we allegedly don't have much money to spend. Is that worth it? Would you say? Well, thirty. That's what players cost these days. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's. I mean, thirty million pounds is a lot of money, uh, you know, just in and of itself. However, thirty million pounds for a striker that was knocking on the Portuguese national team door was just outside of. I mean, is it that much really? I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it's everything is relative. Uh, I'd say it's it's that's. That's the market value that that he has, and then of course Udinese didn't want to sell him, um, but again they they are good at cashing in uh, on on their players, and and Beto is one of their senior players who was ready to move on, uh, and so you know 
I'd, I'd say it's it's difficult to answer these questions. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, Harry Maguire. I don't think he's worth tenth of what he went for. <laughs> um, you know, same thing with Declan Rice. I think he's a good player, but one hundred and five million pounds not on your life. Mm. Um, but you know, it's 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 difficult to say. But I wouldn't say that Everton overpaid, and if they did overpay, they didn't overpay by much. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think fans of ours are typical to associate any player that we get with either a good or bad one that have, have been and gone. If you get what I mean, I um, with Keane as well, um, and and when he came over, I mean, it was incredibly exciting when Moise Keane came, and then given the way it happened, it's sort of like people approach things with that that feeling within the mind, thinking, oh, you know, is he instantly going to be like somebody we've lost? Um, a considerable amount of money or hope that we had him when he first came. Um, the other thing I want to ask you, and we, we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the chat we started, that the Premier League, um, in comparison to Serie A, and I was really, really keen to get this answer from you on, the the style in which I've, well, on, only on the clips we've seen of, of Beto so far, do you think he's well suited to come into the Premier League? Is is that the, the football you see there, which I think many people often talk about how much quicker it is than everywhere else, is this the type of thing? Because many fans will be looking at this, thinking we need him to hit the floor, hit, hit the road as soon as he can when he gets in. Premier League wise, I don't think Beto will ever be a top striker for any of the top four sides in the Premier League. No, mm. no, I think his limit is somewhere in the Europa League. That, like when he's at his best, I think he'll be a player who plays for a club that plays in the Europa League. Like that's the ceiling, I think. I don't see him starting for a City or, you know, or Man United or whoever is in the top four, Arsenal, you know. I, I just don't see that. I don't think he's that, that level of player. But he is a very good player. And he's a very hardworking and honest player in the sense that, you know, when you talk about honest players in the Italian context, uh, you know, you refer to players who are hardworking, who are loyal to, it's always the team above everything else. Um, they have technical limitations, absolutely. And so does Beto. But he makes up for it more by you know committing himself to the cause and he is strong he is big and he's quick um i don't think he'll struggle with the pace and intensity of the premier league but if you're thinking that you might have potentially bought a player that you can sell on to man city for 100 million pounds in two years down the road well then you're going to be disappointed no um, but if you think this is a player that can help you look upwards the table and maybe help you become first a mid-table side and then who knows, you know, surprise and become fifth or sixth or something like that or, and, and reach the reach European football, then yeah, I think that's when he's at his best, he can help you do that. It's a lifetime away from us anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, ex- I mean, exactly. I mean, you, if you got, you got to be, you know, you got to be, you, you guys were in a relegation scrap. I mean, it's, you, you got to look at things a little bit. I know fans don't like that, but you have to be, you have to be realistic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just the, the last question, Ian, before we let you go, and you sort of alluded to it there in regards to the situation he's coming into. This is a team that, there's been in relegation battles the past couple of years. There is turmoil off the pitch. The the team has lost the first three games without scoring any goals. Mm. Um, as we've mentioned, there's there's not been a, a really top-class centre-forward brought in for a while. This is the player the fans have been desperate for for a long time. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on, on Beto. And he's going to be coming into a situation which is is not ideal for, for someone making the move to, to a new country, um, playing in, in a different league and, and having to experience all that. Um, from what you've seen of him on the pitch and 
the the encounters you've had with him off the pitch, obviously recently, does he seem like the sort of character that will be fussed by that pressure and and that sort of no difficult environment? No, 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 no. I don't think it's a difficult environment for him. I think he he relish. This is what he wants. Mm. He wants to. You know, this is a dream opportunity for him, and there's no the, the character he is. My impression of that is that he's not at all, you know, starstruck. This is what he's worked to. This is what he's always wanted to do. He's always wanted to go, you know, he's always wanted to reach the highest level of football that he can possibly reach. And now he's in the Premier League. And that's that's a goal that he's had um, in in his career. And now he's achieved it. He's just relishing to get going. Um, so no, I, I don't see him, you know, the pressure getting to him in the beginning, at least, or, or even, uh, no, I, I really don't see any of that being a problem, to be perfectly honest with you. I think what could be a problem is whenever a player leaves this late in the window, um, there is, there could be time to, there's, you know, you need to give them time to adjust and so on and so forth. But, you know, but that's, that's, that's a separate issue, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm certainly excited now. Anyway, after speaking yeah. speaking to you, no, uh, he, yeah. look, he's he he is a very humble and down to earth guy. I think he will get on. I think he will. I think fans will really really relate relate to him, um, and 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 find him approachable and easy. Um, and he he he's a very he's a very he's a team player. Up until this point in his career, he's been nothing but a team player. Um, so yeah, I I, th- I think this, I'm happy for him. Um, really, I'm happy for him, and and I hope he does well. And I think that he could actually, you know, if if you're not scoring goals, he's not a goal machine by any stretch of the imagination, but he is one that will, if depending on what what the tactics are, if he's to be the target man, he will be the target man and work hard to do get the best out of, you know, for himself and the team as a target man. If he's supposed to be the apply the finisher, he'll work hard to be that as well. He he's not, you know, he's he's not a diva or anything like that. No, um, sounds really encouraging. Sounds like he'd be a great fit for for our fan base, certainly. But Nima, thank you so much for your time tonight and, and coming on the Blue Room. And uh, listen, maybe if we do sell him to Manchester City in a hundred million in two years, we can get, we can get you back on then for another chat. Yes, I'll I'll gladly eat my words then if that <laughs> if that if that happens. But I'd be very 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 surprised if it does. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think him just scoring ten goals for us this year. That that'll be absolutely fine. Well, that's that's. I'm glad point. you said that. I'm glad you said that because I think 10, 15 goals is absolutely possible. It's yeah. not impossible at all. Wonderful stuff. Thanks very much for coming on, Nima, and uh, no doubt we'll catch up again soon. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Thanks to Nima. And and if if you want to watch that interview, it's Italian Football Podcast. It's with Beto in full. Uh, It will be in the link uh, in the description wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Dave, just going to have a a quick chat as well ourselves. Just just 10 minutes. I think it'd be fair to say neither of us have seen much of this lad. Um, Certainly, I don't watch as much Serie A. As he used to, and I didn't have any responsibilities. Um, but it, it, what I will say is, he looks very much suited for the style of football we're going to be playing under Sean Dyche. And I think, as, as Nima said, there, it's not going to be a lad who's going to get it into feet and work in tight spaces. But you know, if you're going to lash the ball direct in behind a defence or into the channels, he's he's got the physicality and the pace to to get after it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think. Um... It's it's rare you see a a struggle. It's rare you see any player really who is a big presence and someone who can physically get involved in um, in the in in any sort of attacking move that you, your team makes. But 
that and pace doesn't really add up. You never really see that, do you? Like, apart from really... Carver Lewin's one of the few, isn't he? <laughs> like, well, yeah, he is. But the difference with him, and and this is why I'm really intrigued by this lad coming in, is that he's very isolated at times, isn't he? Don when he's on and playing on his own. The one, the one thing we didn't ask him about, I presume it's not really. It's something too relevant is to say can he play in or two because that's never going to be a thing that Dice wants to do, is it? Um, but with with this pace and, and like I said, you take it with a pinch of salt, the pieces that you watch and the YouTube stuff and all that, which just make every single player out to look like Pele. <laughs> in in being able to drop in and he's got that pace, he seems happy to take defenders on as well. Um that that sort of thing is is what we've cried out for for well, several years now. And the way Nemo was talking, the irony about what he said about um, Lukaku and people not liking Beto's first touch, I thought that was quite funny for him to mention um, because that was that was what Lukaku was slated for, wasn't he, when, when he was at us, if, if anything. Um, but, it, yeah, it, it's an exciting it's an exciting sign and then people will take the piss out of us for that. You know, the fans of the clubs, Liverpool fans and all that, would say, oh, you know, you're having a laugh about a fella you've just paid 30 million for and nobody knows him. He'd already been to a better club at the age of 25 and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited by him. And I, look, I, I do accept that I'm I'm only feeling that way because we def- desperately needed another striker, you know, coupled with, well, we don't actually know how, how good he's going to be in the Premier League. But from from what... um. From what we spoke about there, I, I think that's that's very intriguing how he'll be for us. And like Nima said, he, he'll come in and just not necessarily hit the ground running, but he should be relatively used to the way the Premier League is. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. And um, like I said there, like a lot of his goals just seem to be, you know, I, I, I don't want to compare him to Nias, but you like, no, Nias was great at like charging <laughs> after balls, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, lofted over the top. And he, he, like, the best thing in his game was he'd make it so difficult. The defenders in that situation, like he'd never give up on everything. And like it feels like there's a bit of that about this lad, but obviously he's he's a lot more physically dominant, he's a lot faster technically, despite that first touch issue you mentioned there. Yeah, like yeah. He, he seems like you know, a lot of his goals are little touch in the box, finish. Seems like he can finish on either side, he's good in the air. Um, I think what's what's that important as well is you know, we the fact that he is a humble and, and a good character, you know, we we got the last thing Everton wants is a striker coming to, to Goodison Park and not doing that thing that we all love, you know, charging down after the goalkeeper, yeah. putting a slide tackle in to, to try and block it. You know, the, the Gladys Street loves that sort of thing, doesn't he? You know, and if we get a striker that comes in and just stands up front saying, right, give me the ball and I'm going to score the goals, that, that's that's not going to work for us and I don't think it's going to work for Sean Dice. So I think in terms of character as well, it feels like it, it could be a good match. Yeah, I agree. Some Somebody the fans just attached to as quick as possible and yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't want to say this as if like we we obviously been that poor in terms of not scoring any goals in the first three games, but he, he is somebody who can get really in our in our minds immediately when he first comes in, and like you say, there he, he puts himself about at, at the very least of what you'd see the type of player that if the rest of your side is is poor, this is somebody you'll always be able. He'd happily put his head in front of everybody else and. I think that's something we desperately need, Matt, given there's, there'll be a very low feeling of confidence, won't there, on what we've done in, in losing the first three games um, and the manner in which we've lost them and the chances we've missed as well. If he's somebody you, you have at the front at the front line who's able to put a couple of them away, because we've had chances, we've created chances, and that's probably been the most frustrating thing. <laughs> Ironically, I think it'd be easier to handle if we haven't created chances because then you've got an actual excuse as to why you didn't score. Um, our real excuse is we haven't got anybody who can put it in. 
Um, and and this fella, the the thing what I wanted to ask you about as well, um, we saw that we did touch on it with Nima, the fee. I mean, it it surprises me that yeah. we were able to get thirty million quid off the bank when you know the narrative for a long time has been we are absolutely skint and just we're only able to get loans and whatnot. To go and throw that amount of money, um, I think that automatically goes. And this is where I think it's a little bit I don't know controversial. What I'm about to say, but I think that's where pressure is put onto him um, by you you're knocking out a fee like that. And I, I said that you know come up with that that idea that is throwing all your eggs into one basket by going and spending what you would think is the only amount of money we've, we have able to spend. And now you look to the end of the window, what, in four days' time, three days' time even, where we'll be out there and it's all essentially we'll be trying to do, I imagine, is going to be via loans. Um, that in itself put, puts pressure on them coming in, doesn't it? Yeah, that, but I think the, the thing that's potentially encouraging about that is that I think Paddy himself reported earlier today, maybe, that they're not actually going to pay anything for them until next summer and it's going to be like an installment thing so like the first the first installment and you know this is verbatim it's going to be around five million euros and it's going to go from there it's going to be next year so it'll be on the next financial year so that should ease some of the the mm. ffp concerns we've got certainly um but you know that i suppose that doesn't matter does it in some social media circles people are going to look at him and go well we spent 30 million pound on this lad you know i was expecting <laughs> this this and this you know it's, that that's yeah. going to be the the thing if, if it doesn't go well but listen you know i i, I think there's there's something about everton and having a, a big barely center forward isn't there and like we haven't really signed one for a while like you know i know we brought rondon in mm. on three and of course that, that didn't work at all but like you know it, there's just something about everton and having a, a big striker up front that i think just just works and and, and suits us so um even from that very basic standpoint as well <laughs> I, I, i'm happy about it and, and listen you know you, you can see the way we played sometimes throughout the, the time we've had Daesh and it, it's not been pretty, but I think if you plug in a, a lad who's six foot four and who can shift and who can maybe get in the box and get on the end of things, then then all of a sudden it, it does start to make a, a, a bit more sense. Um, I'm sure there will be a, a teething period for him. It's not going to be easy coming to a new league, new culture, et cetera, et cetera. But encouraging what Nima said there as well, that, you know, this is Mr. Lad who's had to, to to go the unorthodox way to get to where he is. He's had to battle and scrap and and do things the hard way. So, so maybe a, a moaning Goodison <laughs> won't be such a yeah. a big a big hurdle for him or such a you know it, it won't be an issue that he has to necessarily overcome. It might just be sort of background noise. But but you know how nice would it be? We just you know got him in the team against Doncaster. We scored a couple, scored at the weekend, like just just got off to a, a great start. I suppose there is. An opportunity there with the teams we're playing. Um, I don't know if you're ready for for Wednesday or not, but you know, you've got Sheffield United on on Saturday. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a great chance for him to sort of hit the ground running. And listen, just just get him in the side on Saturday. You know, I don't want any of this drip feeding him and saving him until after the international yeah. break when we play Arsenal. Just just get him in the team and, and see what he's all about. I I think Dice will be really anxious to get him in the side as soon as he possibly can because I think. Heart of hearts, and obviously you wouldn't say it publicly, but in, internally or to people in and around them is the, the like of Ian Moan and, and Steve Stone around them. I'm sure the conversations he'll have had have been, do you know what, I've had no luck really where you can't get Dominic Calvert-Lewin fully fit, even for like a handful of games. Um, and, and that's well, Dave, so, so, sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah. Like, it, just, just, just go through the players who've played up front for us already this season. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah, Mope started. First game of the season. Mm. Albert Lewin started the second. Dan Juma started yeah. the third. We had Chimiti come on 
at the weekend. Tom Cannon <laughs> came on at the weekend. Yeah. Michael Keane played up front for, for a bit. Like we've, <laughs> we've had six lads play as centre forward in the first three games. It's it's yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Like none of them are re- obviously Dharma side, and we, we don't know about Dan Juma yet, but none of them are really you know proven centre forwards in the Premier League. Are they? It's it's just been it's been such a desperate attempt to try and get something at the top end of the pitch that we've ended up with that like six lads who've played up front in the first three games. Yeah, that that's an excellent point that you've made there. And- um, one that one that people won't like thinking about really, and and, and Sean Dye should be along that list of people who who feel that they were really unfortunate the way, particularly the way he's been since he came in. You know, when, when he first followed him from Frank Lampard, he, he hasn't been able to have a consistent run of of players to that can play up front. That, that's why you look we're sitting here looking at you know six half a dozen who've who've all played there and and led the front line for us at various times. I think that, that he'll be particularly excited for this. I think he'll have been well behind um Thelwell, whoever it was. Well, it would have been Thelwell involved with, with getting um Beto coming in. It, it ticks the boxes, I think, uh, very simply in, in, in a simple way that he would have that'd be telling me for him at Burnley, getting in a player like that. You know, you think back to the lads he had there. I, I think that'll be something that he's comfortable, I wouldn't say pleased with that, but comfortable with. Um, because that's something he'll look at thinking Everton desperately need this. Um, that that's the, the only thing I mentioned it then, Matt, and I think it'll be something people cry out if he doesn't hit the ground running is that price we've paid and we don't go on and you know sign a couple of others in that people are desperately looking at. I mean, I mean, how many conversations have we had in all of our shows in, mm. in the last few weeks of the window? You know, who's the priority to get in? What are the players? What are the positions that we need to sort out? You know, the easy question would be able to say 11 of them, wouldn't it? <laughs> the way in which we've started, but get, getting someone, I'm, I, I, it's not usually me, as you know, but I don't know whether this is because we've been so poor, but I, I'm quite excited to see what this lad can do. Um, and he's somebody that is, he looks like he's he's ready to start, like Nima said there. He doesn't look like he's going to be too bothered by things in and around him. Well, he, he played down. He played in week one of the Serie A, didn't he? He started for Udinese, so he's match fit. Yeah, yeah, and and that's essentially what we need. I, I I love what you said there about um, going to Doncaster, which is essentially people are probably moan at me saying this, but it feels like a little bit of a free game because the priority immediately is to stay in this division. Um, you know, you can't certainly put it at the top of your list trying to get a decent run in in a league cup, but that's the perfect environment for him to come in and get a real feeling of what's in and around him in in. Um, in England and and playing against a team that we should be beating anyway. So bottom of, they bottom of the football league currently, aren't they? I think yeah, they are actually yeah. Um, um so no. yeah, that it's a perfect perfect environment for them, them to come in and look go there and take. I was going to say take three points. Go there and get. <laughs> let's hope it's not three points against them ever anyway. <laughs> yeah. But go to the in, in in the league cup game and. Don't think the pressure's on yet as such to you don't want to get knocked out by a side that's that low down in, in the EFL, but it, it's a perfect environment for him to at least settle down and at least get in and around the players that he's going to be with and, and dice to have a look at him and, and see whereabouts he play him, see what sort of system he wants to go around him. Because the thing I was thinking, Matt, sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent here, but nah, yep. the way in which um, we set up around him, I mean, you're immediately looking at this thinking, yeah, we want any any two players on on the left and right hand side who are going to cross the ball into him. I I don't necessarily think he's that kind of player. Like I said, the the few things that I've watched, he looks like he likes to come out deep. Looks like he likes to pick up the ball and turn around and run. Um, I just hope it's not one of those circumstances where 
he'll do that, and then you've got he's got nobody in the box to link with, or the other two have got no one in the box to cross the mm. ball into. Um, but he, he looks really enthusiastic with that sort of thing. But yeah, is it? It looks like he's got an aerial presence. But yeah, you know, I don't feel I trust. <laughs> I trust the players, you know, either side of the wings who can cross it into. No, no. I, I mean, like, I think for me, like at this point, you Everton, whenever we sign someone, there's this like inbuilt skepticism there now. Yeah, yeah. Like I sort of alluded to this probably a bit more crassly on the post match of the weekend. We're talking about Chimiti, yeah. um, and saying like, you know, new players don't excite me as much anymore because we've just been so bad at recruiting them. And like that's that's not fair on, on, on any of those players. But like I, I think I think we're gonna like this lad. Like he just seems to be the right profile. He seems to have the right the right character. Um and I think not, he'll be a yeah. good yeah I think he'll be a good fit for, for the way we want to play. Uh, just yeah. before we just before we finish Dave very quickly. Um five days left. Oh not even five four days left in the window. Uh, it's closed on Friday. If ever can sign two more positions or two players in two positions, what positions are you getting them in? Too many to answer. I think that everyone's struggled with that, haven't they? But um, in my opinion, personally, I think we need a central midfielder um, and, and that would be a defensive midfielder. Because I think a lot of people have said this about uh, James Garner and that he can play in a number of roles. He's a little bit of a victim of his own success with that, having to play it. the right-hand side of midfield. We saw him against Bournemouth, which kept us up playing at right-back. And he, he was really good at doing that. I think instantly when you do that as a Premier League player, that's where people look at you moving as soon as there isn't a player in that position. So that that's what we've seen of him. I think he's been a little bit of a victim of that in in the first three, having to go to the right hand side uh, and help whoever's behind him. So he couldn't come in for just a guy and a guy who I thought was really poor. I think you know what is he now heading to 34, 35 years old. Yeah, not what not the player that we used to used to see when he was first here before he went to PSG. Um, never hit the heights of before that, in my opinion. So I get somebody in there, defensive midfield player, um, and I'm torn between another centre half. But, but you know, I take that away a little bit because of how good Brantwaite looked. You know, you hope that him and Tarkovsky would be the two at centre back. Um, so I am gonna say left or right hand side, any winger, any any wing, mm, I'd look at yeah. for us to go and sort that out and. You know, Nonto was the the one that looked like we were going to go for and try and get, but I guess they're not going to go out and pay the sort of money that Leeds want for him. Yeah, I, I, I agree on midfield. Like, I think centre forward now. You've got Carvert Lewin, you've got Chimiti, you've got better. Like, you know, I don't know what happens in Mope, You know, but you've got you've got options there, and Dan Juma can play there as well. I think wide, we've got obviously Dan Juma, McNeil for the left, Harrison Awobi for the right, centre mid. Yeah, I. No, I tweeted today that Everton should go and ask City about Calvin Phillips on loan. Um, but like, I, I, I think I think you'll probably end up going to someone who's like mid table or Europe because you think he's a really good player. But yeah. I think someone like him would be would be ideal. Um, I think he's a really good player, and like, yeah, I think centre back is definitely one. Been saying all summer. Um, you know, Brown did look up, but I'm not. I don't want to go overboard because I think Wolves are just so terrible that. Like you know, I want to, I want to, you know, want to see what he's like against some yard dog, like you know McBurney at the weekend or something like that. You know that type of that type of striker. I think that just against Berto in training. <laughs> yeah, um, I think full, I think fullback sort of gone under the radar, hasn't it? A little like, do you know? I saw today he was moving to to Fulham. That that Castagna, like I thought oh, that would have been a that would have been a good sign for us. Yeah. That you know can yeah. play. He's like, he's like Ashley Young, but ten years younger, isn't he? Like he can play either side. Really accomplished. Um, still got a few years left on on the clock. Like I thought, that would have been ideal for us, but 
progress. Yeah, right? I think you're right about the fullback position. I didn't even mention it, but Patterson and, and Young. Um, Young's got to a position now where I think it's awkward that you think, oh, you know, what you'd expect from a 38 year old is the is the reaction when he yeah. plays poor. So we, we can't afford that. And then Patterson, um, he's got he's got a lot of talent that lad, but he's uh, he's in the wrong he's at the wrong club to be able to, you know, learn and and you know mistakes can happen and things like that. You you need to be at a mid table side for you to be fine with that. I mean, he he, he sticks out like a sore thumb when he makes mistakes, which he did the other day. Um, I really want him to kick on, but I think he's he's probably in the wrong environment for him to to learn his learn his craft. You know. Yeah, so I think I'll probably go. Centre mid, like a proper number six, and centre, probably just centre back still. Just, yeah. um, yeah. but I think I am worried about left back and, and right back. You know, God sat here in 2023, August, wishing for Seamus Coleman to be fit again. <laughs> yeah, mate, that's it. Well, when he is, what is he now, 36? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 74 year old combined age at left back and right back, mate. What are we? What are we anymore? Yeah. Pensioners. Yeah. I tell you what, I saw Leighton Baines run past ours the other day. He looked absolutely brilliant. Great Lightning shape. Quick. Yeah, he was, he, was, he, was going, he was going fast as well. Yeah, so yeah, I think he's, I think he was in the same school year as Ashley Young. So you never was know. Was he really? Yeah. Just shows how clever he is for just finishes his career when, you know, it was the right time. Yeah. God, the, way yeah. the way you look at him now, he'd probably be, that wasn't the right time. You could probably still throw him in there now. He look, looks in great shape. He's just just got that distinctive running style still. Oh, brought back all kinds of memories. But yeah, I, you know, I didn't want him. Hopefully, he didn't see him like pressed up against my window. Really? <laughs> 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 oh god. Oh yeah. Because where where we record these, it looks out onto the street, and I always see him going past. It's like need a Shout rainy. Him, mate, need... Get him in the house and get him on it. Yeah, I need a rainy window dropping down. Me looking longingly at him as he as he disappears into the distance down the road. <laughs> Oh dear. Right, we'll leave it there anyway. Um cheers to Nima, cheers to Dave. Um and hopefully Beto is very much the business for the blues. Uh loads coming up this week. Uh Dave, you're you're doing most of the shows this week. Um subs weekly. Yeah. Postmaster Wednesday as well, haven't we? Yeah, loads going on, loads going on. Um yeah. and I'll I'll be I'll be chipping in as and when I can. Um I'll be ignoring deadline day because I'll be at the cricket. So Yeah, deadline day. Um I- I was going to say, I don't know what we're going to do on deadline day, but we always do deadline day. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned there the players. Or Rob. In. First deadline day about Rob. I know. I know. I never know. I never know about Rob. You know, he'd probably be the best sign we get in if he did uh, decide to turn up. <laughs> well, what, what, I, what, what I learned on, on the weekend is that he's actually been sending voice notes to Mark Mosey, which are about seven, eight minutes long. So he's sort of still doing his own podcast yeah. in a way. He'd kill us for mentioning that though on this, you know, because pe- people will be on to us saying, "Why aren't you putting the, uh, why aren't you putting the voice notes on this?" Just to see what yeah. he's saying. So he's sending all these voice notes still, and like, you know, has he really given up podcasting? You know, the blue room's always there for everyone. That's what he's trying yeah. to say. Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> maybe the listeners should let us know what they think about that. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Accounts is fully retiring when he's sending voice notes. No, But yeah, uh, we will leave it there anyway. Cheers for tuning in. <laughs> Up better, up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.